Hello, and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castillo. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again, so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. anything about this particular series we're starting today, you, uh, I mentioned that this book is really inexhaustible. Uh, rabbis and sages have studied this book for thousands of years and have not come down to the end of it. I mean, this book is so loaded and it's so packed with so much that really, you, you really have no idea how much is in the book of, of Genesis. And I was recently listening to some minister. Uh, it might have been uh, Pastor Benny or some 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 uh, very well-known pastor. And uh, well, he was sharing something that really blew my mind. He was talking about his time with Grant Jeffries, a Christian author and a Christian theologian. And uh, Grant Jeffries... Uh, through a series of events in his life, had stumbled upon something known as the Bible Code. And in Grant Jeffrey's Bible Code, he began to find that there's all kinds of things uh, in the prophetic sequencing of the Bible. And especially when we get down to the book of Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. In the Pentateuch, in the first five books of the Bible, there was such a massive amount of of stuff not only in the the between the verses but also encrypted in the layers of the Hebrew Pentateuch the first five books of the Bible and it was just mind-blowing and so the particular pastor Benny Hand or whoever it was I was watching oh no 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 was it it might have been Matthew Crouch Paul Crouch's son Matthew Crouch anyways so he he said well humor me because Grant Jeffries said, every believer that ever lived in the kingdom of God, their name is hidden in Bible code. And he said, you got to be kidding me. He said, every Christian, every believer from the time of, of Jesus until now, I mean, you're talking about millions and millions of people. You got to be pulling my leg. You, you can't possibly believe that. And Grant Jeffries said, I believe that every believer is in the code. And he, and he had a, a software where he could uh, t- put in your, your information and the, they'll, the software would search the Torah in, in the grammatical, you know, uh, Hebrew, and it would search it all and it would discover, you know, these patterns and sequences with people's names and lives on them and their history and so forth. So... It was so interesting. I think it was Matthew Crouch or Joyce Meyer, one of these. I, w- I just can't remember who it was recently. I was watching, but I did follow this years ago, back in the '90s. So I did follow this a bit, and I did know a little bit about it. 
So uh, when I saw this, it just kind of reminded me uh, of, of how powerful the Word of God is, especially the Torah, the math, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and especially uh, a book that I've always been really led to and pulled to is the book of Genesis. So this particular pastor was challenged Grant Jeffries. So Grant Jeffries says, okay, I'm going to run run your name. I'm going to run you. So he typed in his name into the software. It searched it, all the sequencing of the book of, 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 of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And would you believe that this pastor's in in this in sequence, not only in sequence did this man's name pull up, but his spouse's name in the same section of the Bible, uh, whatever the whatever couple chapters or whatever it was, his house address. Say he lived on three two nine Birdfriar Lane. Three two nine Birdfriar Lane pulled up. Him, his name pulled up. His wife pulled up. The name of his church pulled up. The, uh, you know, the high school he went to. It had like all these intricate details, all associated with him, were all hidden in Bible code, and it just blew this pastor's mind. I was, I think, I think it was Joyce Meyer or Matthew Crouch. I was recently just watching. It blew their mind. They couldn't believe it. They were totally shocked. And so now they really got excited. They said, check this person, check that person and check. And so they ran a few different people and, and, and just, it just came right out. Everyone in, in the ministry and the kingdom of God that they ran uh, in this, in this particular time they were hanging out, you know, having this, this conversation, they all came out with their names, their lives hidden in Bible code. Wouldn't that be interesting? If your name is literally encoded in the eternal word of God, if your street address is literally encoded in the eternal word of God, wouldn't that be something? I'm telling you, there is layers and layers and layers of destiny and purpose and eternity intertwined in your calling, in your walk with God, in your purpose, and you are barely scratching the surface. God has a plan for you that has not changed, that will not fail. God has known you before the foundations of the earth were laid. He had known you, called you, and predestined you, and even put your name in the book of life. We're going to get into this here, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to start from the beginning, and I don't know uh, where we'll go or how long we'll be, or what directions we'll take, because I could not possibly exhaust not even the first chapter of Genesis. I probably could teach on the first chapter of Genesis for a couple of years and not get and and not run out of material. You know, so I don't know where we're gonna go, how long we're gonna go, but it's definitely going to be good. So we welcome you to prepare to get into the book of Genesis together with me today for we'll try and do for a good hour. Amen. We're having a Genesis party because today we are unlocking the mysteries of Genesis. So as we approach Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Those who know my ministry uh, and you've been and you've been following my ministry 
you've been taught well, or probably one of the, the most word teaching ministries uh, of my generation, my age group. So you, you've been taught well, and you know some of this. But those of you who are, are just following me casually or newer to our, our ministry, um, we have to come into this Genesis chapter 1-1 very slowly and very carefully. And we're going to introduce something that uh, I have to introduce. I can't skip past. <laughs> I just can't skip past it without giving you this, this important, pertinent information. So as we approach Genesis 1-1, I want to give you guys a chance to give and to sow into the ministry. Uh, I'll give you about 40 seconds to, to, to screenshot this, to write it down. We'll give you about 40 seconds opportunity to sow into the ministry reaching the world one person at a time reaching the world one person at a time and uh, some of the ways that you have to give is on your screen it's right there nftulsa.com has a donate button we have a cash app all nations tulsa we have a paypal it's for slash the river church tulsa we have a vemo the dash river dash tulsa and you can also write a check whatever so we're gonna we want to have a series of healing, revival, miracle services, signs and wonders, deliverance, uh, Holy Ghost revival nights in uh, Houston, West Houston. Before we arrive, we want to sow into the land, preach there, and sow into the land, and get some people delivered and saved there. Uh, last time I was there, I did get to network with some people, witness to pray for some people, but we want to just do some campaigns there. And uh, you know, of course, we have to rent the hotel and and and, uh, and and get the get you know bring in all the equipment and stuff. It's going to be a couple of grand. Uh, we, so we just like to to in, invite you to partner with us to launch this church. This is not the official church launching. We'll be looking at doing that in the summer, but we want to start seeding the area with revival and services. And we want to invite you to be a part of that to sow into that. I'm speaking to people who are not a part of Anna of Tulsa. Anna of Tulsa, you do a generous. Uh, labor of love in your sowing and giving. I'm talking to people watching, friends, family, partners, people who have uh, seen this and just scrolling by. We want to invite you to share in the preaching of the gospel and the saving of souls in West Houston, the fastest growing city in America. Now they are passing Chicago as the number three largest city in America. And we're going to be focusing right there on the embassy district. Because when we started All Nations, the word that God gave me was every nation. You know, there's a church in America called All Nations. The, the, the word nation is the Greek word ethnos, ethnicity. We're speaking about a race of people. And there's a church called All Nations, and they only have one ethnicity in the whole All Nations. That's not my All Nations. Our All Nations has always been multicultural. Our All Nations have always been, uh, you know, Filipino, Korean, Indonesian, Ghanaian, Zimbabwean, Bulgarian, Greek, uh, uh, Chinese, Singaporean. Our All Nations is really All Nations. And that's why we're hitting Houston, one of the largest mixed cities in America and the fastest growing, surpassing Chicago. And God told me every nation. Then also he told me every, all nations. And he told me every embassy. He said, go to every embassy. 
And so we went to every, em- I mean, we went to 80 embassies, actually, not every embassy. We, we did as much as we could. We went to 80 embassies. And then God said, every university campus. So we couldn't go to all university campuses. It was about 30, I believe. But we went to, I think we did like something like under t- about 10-ish out of 30 universities. We went to 10 universities. And we had a great fruits, great harvest, a great ministry doing that. Uh, and I said, why the universities? He said, to reach the future leaders of the world. And I said, why the embassies? He said, to reach those who are ruling now. I said, wow. Okay, Lord. And so we named the church All Nations. We're going to be looking at a few different things. If you have my book, you'll see how the first several chapters of Genesis are encoded in the Chinese hieroglyphic uh, languages. And you find the history of, of the Bible, the first several chapters of the Bible are recorded in the Chinese ancient Mandarin language. So that's something that I'm not going to get into in this series of teachings. But I want to tell you that the book of Genesis is one is probably the most incredible pieces of literature on planet Earth. And uh, in, in, in the, the rabbit hole goes very deep. So uh, God commanded Moses to write the book of Genesis. And I'm going to start off by telling you that Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, uh, Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy. And some of Deuteronomy may have been picked up uh, by Joshua as Moses passed. But many uh, have wondered in the, in the past if Moses himself didn't show up in the in the the history world history until way after a lot of the events that took place in Genesis then how in the world did Moses write those things how did he know those things well we'll start off with mystery number 1 as this series is unlocking the mysteries. So let me present to you mystery number one for today. And this was not pre-planned. I have no notes written. Nothing's pre-planned. And it's going to be sharing with you 20 years of, of, of revelatory insight from studying the Word of God, unlocking the mystery of Genesis. How did Moses write what took place before he was born? We see Moses doesn't appear in Scripture until Exodus. So how did Moses write this things? How did he know about Adam and Eve? How did he know about Noah? How did he know about Enoch? How did, how did he know all these things? How did he know what happened eternity past? Well, it's quite simple. You find that in the book of Exodus, Moses comes on the scene. And during a, a, a part of his, his, his walk with God, God takes him up to Mount Sinai. And God says, Moses, I need you to cover your face. You need, you're going to have to cover your face because I'm going to walk past you. And I'm going to show you the scripture talks about it as his, his hinder parts or his backside. And what, what was actually taking place is at that moment, God was going to show Moses what had took place eternity past. God was going to show Moses what took place before he was born, before his forefathers had ever 
you know, pioneered and trailblazed across the Egyptian desert before Pharaoh, before all these things that took place, before Cain killed Abel, before the serpent ever deceived Eve, before all those things, we see that Moses was not alive to witness, but God took him on Mount Sinai to show him his backside or show him what had taken place in the yesteryears, in eternity past, the back years of what he had missed. So Moses, through revelation, God had showed him all of these things. And when it came time for him to record them, he recorded them in great detail, exactly as God showed him on Mount Sinai. If God encounters you, if you encounter God, you should have something to show for it, some supernatural uh, knowledge and presence to show for it. And the Bible says that when Moses came down at, after that encounter and, and be, being shown all these things that took place in the book of Genesis, that the Bible says that he his face shone, S-H-O-N-E. And what, what that actually means in the Hebrew, and that's another mystery here. We're talking about unlocking the mysteries. If you look that word shown up in the Hebrew, matter of fact, I better just show you. It came to pass that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses knew not that the skin of his face shone, S-H-O-N-E, while he talked with him. That word shone means to send out rays. And I want you to see what it actually means in, in the Hebrew. The, the Hebrew word kauran, kauran, K-Q-A-R. A-N, Karan, means to shoot out horns, to have horns like a, a sheep, to have horns, or to shoot out rays like horns. As we go later on into this teaching, we're going to discover a mystery unlocked here. So I'm going to go over a few facts here. Moses called this the book of the covenant. He also called it the book of this law. And he also called it this book of the law. Okay. It included the whole Pentateuch, which was consecrated by Jews in a section of five books. Copies of Moses's book of the law were made for kings. And you can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 17 that kings were all given copies of God's word. Every embassy. That's what God has called us to do, to take the message, take the ministry, and deliver them to kings. God recognized the book of the law as being written by Moses and commanded it to be the rule of conduct for Joshua in, in the book of Joshua. Joshua accepted the book of the law as being written by Moses, and he copied it upon two mountains. Quite interesting. Joshua commanded all Israel to obey the book of the law of Moses. So there's a few interesting things I wanted to share with you. Uh, there are heathen writers such as Tacitus, Juvenal, Strabo, 
Longinus, Porphyry, Julian, and others agree without question that Moses actually wrote the Pentateuch. So by many authors and scholars of ancient times, they all said this book was written by Moses. Imagine being shown all these things, S-H-O-W-N, the man who was shown all these things, shown. Isn't that interesting? So let's take a look here. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We thank you, Father God, for the mystery of your word. Let's take a look here at Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters now we're going to start off well we started but we're going to back up let's we're going to back up to genesis 1 1 I've read to you two verses, verse 1 and verse 2. And now's a good time for me to tell you a quick story. When I was one time in Beijing preaching, we had a Jewish man by the name of Aaron. A Jewish man by the name of Aaron. And Aaron, he was coming to our church to try and sell us some services that he had. Aaron was from the tribe of Levi. He was a New York Jewish man from the tribe of Levi. And he wanted to promote his business and sell his insurance and so forth. So he decided to come to our church while we were having a revival. It was a small revival. There might have been only about 80 people there. And in this revival, almost everyone there was pretty much, you know, a lot of them were Christian. We did have some non-Christians there. We had some Muslims there. But because I was working with the universities, bringing the Muslims from the universities and bringing the North Koreans and bringing the Muslims and bringing the Jews. So we were, so I'm in this last day of the revival this Jewish man that I've been working on evangelizing, I brought him to the church, you know, because that's what a minister should do, bring in sinners, not just preach to people that are already saved, but bring in sinners. And so I, I brought him in and I used, uh, you know, various ways to get him to come. And I got our my, my pastor at that time, Pastor Lee, and another pastor, uh, Pastor Robert Brownell from Seattle. I, and I got them all kind of meeting him and talking to him and praying, praying for him and preaching to him. And they invited him to come to share his business thing. We invited him to come. And he was my neighbor. That's how everyone met him. I, I brought him in. And so he walks into the church and on his taxi ride to the church, He is thinking in his mind, I'm going to go to this church. There's a bunch of Gentiles 
jumping around like monkeys. And these Gentiles are completely clueless when it comes to the word of God. They're clueless. Now, I have to admit, compared to the Jewish people, where little boys have to memorize the Bible for their bar mitzvah before the 13, yet the evangelicals, the born-agains, are pretty pathetic, honestly, when it comes to knowing the Bible. Because the Jews have to memorize it by the, before their bar mitzvah, before they're 13. So I understand where he's coming from. I'm not offended, but this is, this is you know, what he's thinking. What do these Gentiles know about the Bible? <laughs> these guys don't know anything. They're a joke. They just get together like monkeys and, and, and who knows what they're preaching because they don't know the word. I know the word. I am a Jew from the tribe of Levi. But anyways, I'm going to go and sell them my businesses services. I'm going to come to this church. So he walks into the church. He walks into the church. And right before he walks in, the uh, another pastor hands me the microphone. And he says, pray. And, and, and I'm just, I think he said, pray in tongues. So I'm like, all right. I grab the microphone. My normal tongue, just praying in tongues like I always do. I wasn't praying in Hebrew. I wasn't praying in Irish. I wasn't praying in Gaelic. I was doing my normal tongues, I thought. Praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And then I hand the microphone back and we end the service. No interpretation, nothing like that. If you have questions about that, if you're curious about that, if you object to that, you have to hear my series. Do you need an interpreter to speak in tongues? Please listen to that series and get caught up because we're way beyond that now, okay? We end the service. Aaron walks up to me and he says, wow, Pastor Joey, that was impressive he said to be honest with you on my way here i just was thinking what do these stupid gentiles know about the torah he said I, i'm not trying to offend you i'm just being honest with you that's what i was thinking and when you began to quote the first five books of creation backwards starting at the fifth day all the way to the first day he said, I was blown away. I can't even tell you the first five days of creations backwards. And that if I did, I would probably have to start from the seventh day to the sixth day just to keep track. He said, but you start, you, you, you quoted the entire five days of creation backwards from the fifth day. That was impressive. I take back all the bad thoughts I had against you evangelicals. And I looked at him, I said, Aaron, I said, I didn't say anything. I said, I was just speaking in tongues. And he said, oh, sure, Pastor Joey, sure, Pastor Joey, sure. I said, no, I swear to God. And then I began to thinking, oh, my God, my tongues are in Hebrew. I must have a Hebrew tongue like all the, all the, yeah, I don't want to say dumb, but all the young you know, inexperienced charismatics. Oh, I must, I think I have a Japanese tongue. I, I think I have a Chinese tongue. Is this Chinese? No. 
You don't know the word of God, nor the power of God. Tongues is not another earthly language. Look at my series on tongues, okay? Tongues is not another earthly language. We're talking about supernatural divine tongues. But I didn't know better. And I said, was I speaking in Hebrew? He said, no. He said, you don't know Hebrew. I said, yeah, I know I don't know Hebrew. Uh, you know, I also don't know the first five days of creation backwards from the fifth day. I, I was speaking in tongues. I was not speaking a human language. He said, yeah, right. So I said, Pastor Lee, I called over the other pastor. Pastor Lee, come here. I said, what was I saying on stage before we ended? He said, oh, you were not saying nothing. You're just praying in tongues. And, and Aaron said, get out of here. Come on. And I said, no, I'm serious. And I said, then, then walked in Pastor Robert. He come walking in from the outside. <laughs> he can tell you, he can testify of the story. Robert Brownell was there. He come walking in from the outside. I guess he went to pick, get the car to pick up his wife or something, move closer to the door. And I'm like, Pastor Robert, what was I just praying before we ended service? What was I saying? He said, you were saying nothing at all. You were just speaking in tongues. You were speaking mysteries. And I said, I just looked at Aaron. I just looked at him. I said, you see? He said, come on, guys. You, you've arranged all this. You guys worked, planned this before I came in. And we all said, Aaron, no. You heard supernaturally the first five days of creation backwards from the fifth day to the fourth day to the third day to the second day to the first day. What a miracle. He immediately was convicted by the Holy Spirit and was born again. He came to church that Sunday morning, got up in front of the Korean congregation, in front of 800 people and gave his testimony and got water baptized in Jesus' name. Gave his life to the Lord by that miracle. But that miracle got me to thinking, why was the Holy Spirit praying through me? I mean, there's a, there's a couple of questions here. If it was my normal tongues like I usually pray, how often when I'm praying in tongues am I actually quoting scriptures? How often when I'm praying in tongues may I be quoting these creation scriptures? And what's the significance of the first five days of creation? And what's the significance of saying them backwards? I mean, I don't know if you would have these thoughts. I think most people wouldn't have even gave it much that much thought. I don't think he gave it that much thought. He was just shocked at the miracle and, and got saved. But I gave it some thought over the years. It was, it was such a tremendous miracle. And I said, what does the first five days of creation say backwards? And I opened up my Bible and I read it backwards in reverse. And I discovered that what's going to happen in the last hours of humanity, what's going to happen in the last end times, is going in this direction. But what happened in the beginning was going in this direction. So the book of Revelation chapter 1 to the last chapter is going like this. But the book of Genesis 
to the first verse is going like this, and they're actually arriving at the same place. At the end of the book of Revelation, we will end up at the first chapter in the first day of creation of Genesis. We're going back to the future. Fascinating. And if God allows, on this show, not tonight, but on this series of show, I'm going to show you how the first five days of creation backwards. But we're not there today. So, in the beginning. In the beginning. These are very powerful and very potent words. This is dealing with the dateless past in the beginning. Now, the Bible says that when God creates things, he creates them to be perfect. He creates things to be eternal, to be forever, to be perfect. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He makes things to be perfect. So it's quite interesting that God created the heaven and the earth. But when we get down to verse 2, we find that the earth that he had created was far from perfect. It says that it was without form, that it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So the question is, did God make the earth dark? Did he make it void? Did he make it uninhabitable? Did he make it full of destruction? We are unlocking the mysteries of Genesis. And what I'm going to be talking to you about here in the next few minutes and maybe in the next few days is not the kit and caboodle. That's not what the series is about. We're going through the entire book of Genesis, and this is just the very beginning. So the very beginning opens up a massive can of worms. Number one, did God create the earth uninhabitable, without form, completely void, with darkness? Did God create the earth in that way? Well, I have a few notes here about the dateless past in verse 1. Verse 1 is the introduction to the whole Bible and all history, for it marks the boundary between time and eternity. It is not a summarized statement of what is to follow, for it mentions heaven first, while the following verses mention the earth first. So Genesis 1.1 mentions heaven first. The following verses mention the earth first. In the book of Job, if you have a Bible, you could turn there and look at it. Job 38, and Job is another fascinating, fascinating book. Did you know that Job is the oldest book of the Bible? That Job was a contemporary with Moses? Did you know that Job book was written around the same time, and most likely theologians agree earlier than Genesis was penned. Very interesting. There's a lot of mysteries there, too, that I'm not going to get into with you. Job 38, and let's look at verses 4 through 7. 
the Lord answers Job, and the Lord says to Job a few things. If you know the story, he was, you know, having some problems, and his friends came and said it was because of this and that, and his wife said, curse God and die, and all these things, and Job thought different things, assumed things, and God responds. And God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Remember, we're talking about Genesis 1-1, the foundations of the earth, where God laid the foundations of the earth. In verse Job 38, 4, he says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? So God's now bringing up this time. Declare if you have understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if you know? Or who has stretcheth the line upon it, whereupon the foundations thereof are fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So he's talking about a time in eternity past before Genesis 1-2. When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy at the laying of the foundation of planet Earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, you understand that the heaven has many other planets. The heaven has many galaxies and many solar systems. And the heaven is a very vast place. So he doesn't go into detail about the heaven. But he does get into great detail about the earth. So it's like Moses is saying, in the beginning... God created all of this. But let's not look at all that. Let's just take a look at this one thing that pertains to you. It's like me saying, and God made all the fruits in the world. Now the apple was red and shiny. You know, I, and I begin to tell a story for the next 66 books about the apple. But you have to understand by throwing the heaven out there, he's throwing all kinds of galaxies and planets and, and the universe out there. So he's talking about in the beginning, God created the heaven first. Then he laid the foundations of the earth. At this time he was doing this, the morning stars were already there singing together and the sons of God shouting for joy. Who are these sons of God that were around at the lane of the very foundations of the earth. Who were these sons of God? We will get there in this series. Are you following me? Anybody? Let's continue. In Job 38, in these verses, it makes it clear that the heavens were created first else the stars could not have rejoiced when the earth was created. This proves that verse 1 refers to prior acts of God, and the verses which follow refer to the earth under a flood and judgment. So we're seeing in verse 2, now there's void, there's darkness, there's water all across the earth. That's they're, they're, they're Obviously, the earth was flooded. So we're looking at the earth now in verse 2 as the earth under judgment. We're looking at the earth as the earth under a flood. 
And then as we continue on and we begin to see day one, day two, day three, we see a second state of the earth, a state that becomes habitable. Because in Genesis 1 verse 2, the earth is inhabitable. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So the earth was uninhabitable. And God, well, let me go, I'm flipping back and forth, so let me pull this up in my Bible. And in verse 3, we see the creation of light. Let's take a look here at verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. This word, create, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we come down here and we see God said, let there be light, and there was light. This word create in Genesis 1.1 is to bring into being. It's used seven times in Genesis chapter 1 and in chapter 2. It means to bring into being. All other places made and make are used. So made and make are used. This proves the six days of work to be mainly reconstructive. The, these six days that we see are reconstructive days. They are not creative days, but they're reconstructing days. That's why bara is only used for Genesis 1.1, and we see that being used very limited, only seven times. So bara is reserved for the introduction of the three great spheres. Bara is used for the world of matter, for natural life, as in living creatures, and for the spiritual life represented by man. So those three spheres, man, the spear of man, the spear of animal life, the, the living creatures, and the sphere of matter, those are the only times we see the word bara to create. Everything else becomes reconstructive. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, the earth was without form and void. Darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It's interesting, if you skip down briefly to verse 10, we see something about this land that was covered in water. And God called the dry land earth. And there's a whole other study in God calling, the calling of God. And I'll also introduce another mystery here today, too. When God said, let there be light, and God said, let the waters come forth, and God said, these things in the Hebrew, according to the ancient Hebrew tradition, actually God sang. God sang them into existence. He sang them into light. He sang them into being. And there is a whole concept of the creative sound of God and how God sang into being the creation of the universe, how he sang into being in song the creation of mankind, how he sang into being the restoration 
of the earth. How he's saying into being light. You could sing and prophesy and sing life, miracles, creative power is in the prophetic singing. We see in the Jewish ancient traditions, Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh, saying creation into existence. Unlocking mysteries of Genesis. So we see these great spheres that he only used the word create, bara in the Hebrew, in those three great spheres. And then he calls the dry land earth, thus proving that the earth was created dry. That proves that the earth was once created dry, but now had become submerged in water because of sin. But you might say Adam is not in Genesis 1.1. He's not in Genesis 1.2. Who's sin? The sin that we'll look at a little bit later on in the study. But there was a galactic sin before Adam and Eve's sin that had affected the universe. And it affected the earth. And the earth became under judgment. And it was flooded. Do you hear me? This flood, we could call this flood the pre-antediluvian flood or the pre-Adamic flood. So we see here, I'm going to go back to Genesis, verse 3. We see, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. So what is this antediluvian flood? We're going to get into that. We can also call this Lucifer's flood. And I'm going to teach you about Lucifer's flood as we unlock the mysteries of Genesis. We're going to let you go. It's been a little over an hour, and we've gotten to two, three verses of Genesis unlocking the mysteries. But I want to thank you for your time and appreciate you for coming on. And I want to encourage you to sow into the ministry. Give and be a part of this ministry. Be a part of the soul-saving mission, evangelistic, international ministry. Be a part. Give. Help. Support this ministry and our launch into West Houston. Launching into West Houston and we want you to help partner and support and give into the ministry in Houston, All Nations Houston. You could give at anaftulsa.com. You could give through Cash App at All Nations Tulsa. Just put in the dollar sign. PayPal has the River Church Tulsa. Vemo is the-river-tulsa. And you could write a check or money order and give to the ministry right here. Blessings to you. We encourage you to give. We encourage you to sow. Amen. You could go to AsiaRevival.com forward slash giving and sow into the ministry. We are talking about unlocking the mysteries of Genesis. And it has been good so far. I left you with a lot today. How God sang over creation. Number two, 
how Bara was only used in three spheres for the creation of human life, the creation of animal life, and for the creation for all matter. And so we see everything else was not Bara. It was used made and make, made and make, made and make, not create. Because the six days of creation were not six days of creation. They were actually six days of reconstruction, six days of restoration, not six days of creation, not seven days of creation, six, seven days of restoration. Create was only for physical matter in the beginning, animal life, and then spiritual life through man, Adam, the humanity. And we see that darkness came upon the face of the earth. After the foundations were laid, after the songs of God sang together, after the earth was made with dry land, something happened. And the dry land became flooded. And we're going to study and peer into this Luciferian flood. We also discussed in this conversation today, how did Moses write the Pentateuch? How did he write the book of Genesis when he wasn't born until Exodus? Because when he was in Mount Sinai, God took him and shown him what happened in eternity past. And as a result, when he came down to the people, he shone. And the Bible says that Shoni was the, like the horns of, 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 of a sheep. The horns of rays, of, of horns of light began to protrude from his face. Same thing happened to Jesus when he's shown in the New Testament. We are unlocking the mysteries of Genesis. Here we go. Hallelujah. 20 years of research and study in the book of Genesis going to be the having discussion and topic and conversation about this in the next few weeks we love you we appreciate you thank you for watching share the broadcast get it to other people that have a hunger to know the truth of god's word god bless you thanks for watching all nations international fellowship this is living proof podcast heart to heart with bishop joseph had to stop the recording at that point but you might be listening right now and you say pastor joey i wanted to pray that prayer if i was there i would have prayed with you i'd like to pray right now as a matter of fact i'd like to give my life to jesus christ i would like to have god in my life and i'd like to know jesus is my savior and my lord and surrender my life to him you know repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way. Like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, when I did the 12 steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation. And now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can turn from your way of doing things to his way. And his way is the right way because he made you. And he made you for a purpose. And he knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential.
to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart to Him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, uh, wherever you are, just, just pray with me and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer, I'd like you to contact me. And we can send you some more resources and materials that can help you start this new life. Because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something. Or maybe we know some pastors there that can follow up with you and help teach you the Word of God. Thank you for listening. And feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the Word of God.